Bienvenue à l'hôtel Le Plaza Bruxelles. Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome again to a new episode of HR Meetup live from the Plaza Hotel, which accompanies us every month and of course proudly sponsored by Talent Square, our, our animator on the other side of the table. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi David. <laughs> and hi listeners, it's Amanda. And of course we have a new guest in front of our mic and I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Yasmin and it's good to be here. Thank you. Now, of course, everyone's asking, what are you doing here? Why are you visiting us at the okay. Plaza Hotel? Well, I'm here today to talk about my background and experiences as a student and, well, lots of different things, I guess. Everything. Now everyone is going back to the 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 old oldies and thinking like, oh, I wish I was a student. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it that nice life as a student here in Brussels? Well, actually, I went back to being a student a little bit reluctantly. I was almost my hand was forced on that. I really wanted to try and get a job, but everywhere I went, it was I was being interviewed, and then they were coming back to me like, oh, you weren't, you just weren't quite right. And when you hear that enough times, you think, okay, well, I'm going to have to make a change about something. So I, um, yeah, I, I went back to university, and well, I was first in London. I'm from the UK. Maybe you can I, tell I, I've, a I've little bit. A, yeah, I've good at all. Of yeah. Accent, um, but. So, but no, overall, the experience of being a student in Brussels is is really good yeah it's um you know you set your own timetable to some extent and I think that's a luxury that not everybody can have and something that is pretty unique to being a student now I'm sure that about 99% of all Belgians are thinking why Belgium if you're <laughs> living in the UK well I was actually living in Brussels before I became a student here I moved here straight after my studies in London And okay. I was doing internships here for around a year. And then I was kind of trying to look for a more permanent position. Like I said, I didn't really necessarily want to go back to being a student. So when the opportunity for the right sort of course presented itself here, I thought, oh, I'll just stay. You know, I, I've, I was supposed to, when I first moved here, it was supposed to be for three months. It's now been one year and eight months since I moved here so so the train got delayed yeah <laughs> I um yeah I guess I must like something about it because I'm, I'm still here um yeah and yeah there was the right course at VEB which is where I'm studying now in Brussels and the right timing it just it all works out all fell into place really well for me to be here but so you were saying that um so you said you you're from the UK My my first question for you is, uh, what did you study before this master? Um, well, before I went to the University of London and I studied for an undergraduate degree in biomedical science. Okay. Yes, because originally my thinking was that I was going to be a research scientist or, you know, an academic scientist, something like that. And I was going to find a cure for something. And I just, I really love science, always had since I was a little kid fascinated by it was the only thing I wanted to do at school and the only thing I did do at school was science and then so oh, it's just a natural progression I'm going to go to university I'm going to be a scientist and it took me maybe a year to realize I just didn't want to do it when I got there it's really I was just interested in the way things work and reading about things and learning about the world around me but it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to 
be physically in a lab day after day and it's quite a thankless fruitless task mm. sometimes you're doing very repetitive things that require you to have a lot of qualifications but it's a lot of black box technology so to speak you just put in something and you get the results out and you need to be very qualified to interpret and read them and know where they're relevant and know which avenues to go down and research but it's um yeah, it's just very strange. And also the in science, everything is based on getting published. You have to get you have to get published to, you have, have, to, recognized any, to have any standing whatsoever. And if your results aren't exactly what's um, hot at the moment, what you're looking for, or if you disprove something rather than prove something, it's um, it's pretty hard to get published. And it just I wasn't really for me. It wasn't the lifestyle that I that I wanted. I just but I suppose it was good because at the same time, it really, it made me realize that, no, I was interested in the science. I just wasn't interested in being a scientist. Yeah. And I think it also is a lesson in you don't have to, when you're 18 and you, you get halfway through doing a degree and you're like, oh God, this isn't actually what I want to do. It's not the end of the world. You can, yeah. you can really uh, turn it around at any point. And so you, you can turned it any... around and yeah. what did you do? Well, when Instant. I graduated, um, I had the opportunity to come to Brussels and do an internship here at a communications agency. So, so when you when you graduated from from your... the University of London, yeah, as I had a BSc in biomedical science. Okay, then. Yeah. yeah. So you graduated from biomedical science. Yes. Then came to Brussels. To Brussels to do just a three month internship as a communications agency here. And um, I had sort of some opportunities to work there with their like healthcare team and their also the team that deals with um, lots of like green and sustainability issues and just some general PR stuff. And I quite I liked the environment of that office and I liked the environment of Brussels in general. It was um, a big change for me. I'd never lived outside of the UK. I grew up in the same very, very small town, turned 18, moved to London, and I, I, that was it. I'd never really <laughs> lived anywhere else. So coming here was, it was an interesting adjustment. I think it was something that I like definitely shook me and made me grow up pretty quickly, which I thought I was already so grown up. You know, I lived <laughs> in London, of course, but it was, it was a very different thing then. Um, and it was more for me, I think, this in environment rather than a strictly academic science mm. environment. Yeah. But so why communication? Because I then got quite interested. In, I read a lot of popular science books and I became really interested in the whole concept of science communication, communicating the ideas to people in everyday settings you know from picking up your newspaper and reading about a new discovery you know in newspapers every day you see x causes cancer y cures cancer at least in british tabloids you do anyway <laughs> um so when i thought well somebody has to sit down and write those things and somebody isn't doing a very good job <laughs> of doing it so it's also quite uh, in vogue as well this whole science communication idea of taking the work of scientists and spreading it to ordinary people, to businesses, to... Uh, I, I can't find the word right now. Vulgarization. Is that a word? Does yeah, that exist in not, English? Uh, yeah, maybe. Is that <laughs> but I guess I'm, not, I'm really talking about like uh, 
generalization of the yeah, yeah or like the, making it turning it into something that um everyone either, can read so yeah. everyone can read but also that's that's one thing but doing it well and doing it in an engaging way and interesting is another thing and also there's lots of like i think even in the eu they ran a science and maths promotion maybe it was actually eu funded promotion scheme for um girls in science and they just you know that awful thing where they just put pink on it and it's like yeah. no this is you're doing this so terribly wrong and it's so wrong it's like lego yes like and they the rebranded lego it. lego for girls it's lego friends and they're not even the same kind of lego puppets anymore and it's all yeah. pink and flowery and you have yeah and uh, you have like a hairdresser and a cafe like mm-hmm. i think that's that's one of the uh, perhaps you can talk about it more having actually studied science like one of the i'd say kind of pitfalls in which you find yourself in communication for example like when you're trying to uh, target a gender and you find yourself in those very restrictive codes mm. especially when talking about uh, stem in this case like i think a lot of the um, communication stunts that have been Uh, started by either the EU or any other kind of organization in order to get girls into science, mm-hmm. they have always, or at least most of them, fallen into that pitfall of yeah. just chucking flowers there. Yeah, well, I think they just play to really outdated and bizarre and inaccurate stereotypes that are... Well, you, you, you changed my stereotype view of scientists. <laughs> I had one like... The mad scientist hidden oh. somewhere in the basement, <laughs> exploding things, and I'm coming to conquer the world. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's no, a it's a lot. I, I wish it was like that. Might, that might have persuaded me to stay. Uh. So you have a big basement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's a it's a, it's a lot more uh, mundane and hierarchical. Like every everything, you know, you're you've got to attach yourself to the right name and make contacts and network like any other um, sort of industry i guess and has it quite changed um seen i i think it's like you have other uh different education students that are more um stereotyped in gender you know mm-hmm. um do you notice a difference because well i it's, did it's... healthcare sciences which is actually quite gender balanced um okay. and i don't think my but if you were for example because I only studied science at school as well as at university. Some of the boys who I studied with who went on to study physics and engineering, they didn't have a single female peer in their year group. So, or maybe they had one who then Is the stopped going to classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if you're uh, if you're interested in, in, in something and then you go somewhere and all of a sudden you're singled out and you're, you're an other all of a sudden yeah it's not very appealing or motivating to be the other no perhaps not but that's actually a, a interesting thing about brussels we're making a diversion here but uh the thing about brussels that i really liked is that in if you move in certain spheres like the euro bubble or whatever everyone's an other and an outsider like no one is a local or from here everyone's a little bit oh i've got i'm from here but my parents are from here and blah 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 and so i guess i quite like that sense of otherness it makes everybody interesting to me true yeah. but it's um as long as it isn't alienating 
Yeah, of course. Like yeah. If, there's a difference between yeah, otherness and alienation. Yeah, there's a difference between being the outsider and being the only girl in the physics class that is kind of oogled out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder who she's dating. Like, that, that, that kind <laughs> of alienation. <laughs> Not you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, yeah, like, the... the Absolutely. Uh, I, it's, uh, something pops in my mind. It's like <laughs> Big Bang Theory, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> But it's you know it's there's also even in in television series mm-hmm. um, you've got those mad scientists even the the, the feminine scientists if, in yeah. the you then they all have that stereotype you know? yeah it's a trope it's... So, so instead of just coping with the change of of uh, us Belgians mm-hmm. um, our chocolates our waffles yes. um, <laughs> our people our mentality. Uh, you're also coping against the stereotype that's quite put on by society. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is, is that something you experience like on, on the work floor or is it something that's just there what do you theoretically? Mean? What do you mean? Do, do you notice that, you know, that there's a stereotype through uh, male scientists that you're like disadvantaged? Um, I think, well, it's, in, it's in science in general, personal, there's yeah. a big... Uh, gender imbalance because there are more men who become successful in it even if the same number of women are entering at the bottom level I think I've seen lots of different studies about pay gaps and you know if it's not really it's very demanding in terms of your time and especially if you want to get into academia there's it's uh yeah a huge disparity and and do you feel it personally for you yourself, you well, know, I, I, do you no, feel I've personally left. like not disadvantaged, but do you, you feel like, yeah, that's there are some prejudgments or um, for you personally? I'm no, not talking I about wouldn't say general, I wouldn't we, say even in that. the same general ideas, but do you experience them in person? I wouldn't say I would say I don't experience that from my peers. I experience rather, I think. Maybe I'm not the only woman to have experienced this, but from men who I, I don't know to say, oh, I have X educational background. It's like, oh, no, you don't. It's, oh, okay. yeah. or, um, I wouldn't say from my peers within science, male or female, I've, I've, or in my current field of study, I've experienced that. It's more like people outside of it who maybe don't expect you to have, be, you know, young and have experience completed this and this and this and people assume you're the intern for example yeah well I when have you're been not the intern. no i know but i mean in this that's that's yeah. just another example but that's let's say I mean. you're, you're a professional and you've been working there for 10 years and someone just thinks that you're the intern yes or if you say you work at this place you they think that you are you know not the position that that you are yeah, yeah. yeah of course i would say that's that's more true what okay. do you like most about belgium Oh, Quick question. What do I like most about Belgium. <laughs> I'm just oh, curious. David, in your obsession about Belgium. Man, I do, I do like Belgium. it. I do no, like as, it here. As someone coming here in Belgium, because we Belgians are fed up with Belgium, you know. <laughs> well, I, I was like, fed up with the UK, I'm, so. Uh, yeah, but the grass is always something. greener. Mm, I think that's very true. And it is greener here. Well, so <laughs> so far so good. Obviously, I have days where I'm like, oh god, why can't the supermarkets be open past eight p.m.? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> or, or being, you know, going to the fridge on a Sunday. I'm like, oh, I've got no eggs. Oh, wait, no, not going to have any today. So, um, but then 
I, I really, I don't know if I can say it's one thing that I like about it. I think I've just liked overall the experience of coming somewhere new and being foreign. So not Belgian related. Um, I was, I've got a sort of I've got a soft spot for Belgium and Brussels. Yeah, of course. Before I moved here, it was kind of a little bit of joke with my friends. Like, why why are you going to Belgium? Like, of all the places in the world. <laughs> That's what we all are asking. <laughs> as, as well, maybe there's not what are you doing here, but <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? How dare you? <laughs> no, but th- there there is worse. I mean, I did an Erasmus in Kortrijk, like. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, there are degrees, yeah, yeah, there are different degrees here. Okay. So, if you I mean, would have said Charleroi, then we would have stepped out. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah, I think people... <gasps> oh, oh. Belgian g- said that. <laughs> I would like to apologize right now for anyone who is offended by any of the things that we have said right now. Oh, I But think... we're, we're being spontaneous. <gasps> yeah, I, and I like it here. And I'm being ironic, I'm not really apologizing. Yeah. I don't know. But don't tell. I find myself complaining a little bit about Brussels, but actually I had I have people come and visit me here and then they'll complain about one little part and I'll go, no, come on, th- there is a benefit to that. <laughs> like I'll defend it to other people out like outsiders. So I guess you're I'm already just... an ambassador for, for Brussels. A little bit, I okay. suppose. So if, if anyone of uh, the European Union is listening right now, <laughs> not uh, outside. We need, to, we need to keep this woman here. <laughs> She's the only one defending Belgium. <laughs> our so. honor, I think our strength. You can have you can have a... our chocolate. The chocolate, Sorry. the waffles, I'm going to pander to all of the stereotypes, but they're all, the beer, they're all fantastic. They're, <laughs> that's, they're all true. That's why those stereotypes exist. But, um, well, Brussels has lots of little little things about it that make it into a place where you can have, like, I think, a better quality of life here than for the same amount of money as a lot of other European capitals. Like Compared to my lifestyle in London, I... It's like I'm the king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, just everyone, everything's, no, everything's cheaper. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. It's nice. I think we're slowly arriving, slowly but surely arriving towards the end of this podcast, uh, unfortunately. But um, I'd have, let's say, like um, one last question, and that's a question I like to ask to people, is uh, if you had one piece of advice to give to someone, um, what would that be? Like, given your background and your studies and what you what you're planning to do, advice for someone to move forward in whatever they want to do, or any anything, anything, anything that you um, think like a negative advice that would be useful for someone that might be in the same situation as you. Okay. Either someone who is moving to another country, or someone that's going through uh, possibly wanting to switch. Uh, their study path yeah well in terms of having if you have the opportunity to move somewhere new I would say don't hesitate if you have the opportunity and it feels right then you should just go for it and because I don't think many people really regret just going somewhere new for even a short amount of time I think you there's always something you can learn from there there's always something that you can take away and a new experience and you have to at the same time be prepared for it to be a little bit Difficult at first, and then maybe not the exciting emotional roller coaster that you think it's going to be. You have to also realize that you know the little mundane things about your everyday life is still there, no matter where you are. And but that overall, the experience is is always. I think you, there's always something you can learn 
and there's you should never turn down that opportunity. And if you want to change your path now, then research it as like as much as you can, read about it because if you're thinking, oh no, I could never do that, I guarantee someone's done it before. I guarantee someone's made it an even more bizarre leap from one thing to another. Like and you'll find a way to do it if that's what you want to do. You can you can twist your skills into on a CV <laughs> to yeah. whatever you want. You can emphasize the parts that you that you're good at and the parts that are irrelevant. Well they're, they're just relevant. extra they're just extra extras that make you um more interesting probably. Yeah. Well thank you very much for that little piece of advice. I'm pretty okay. sure it's gonna be useful. <laughs> For our listeners, thank you for being here. Thank you. And thanks to our audience for listening. And if you can eat Belgian chocolates, then just do so. Yes, absolutely.